Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Uh, back on the Jeff Dawkins Show. Joined now by Dan Devine on Twitter at Your Man Devine. That is not changed. Yeah, since I last talked to him, his uh, job has changed. He's now the senior NBA writer at Yahoo. He rejoined us last week. I was not here for that big event, but I'm happy and thrilled to talk to him today. Dan, how are you? I'm doing well, Jeff. Good to talk to you again. Um, what did you do to NBA Nation? NBA Nation oh. blocked you on Twitter for... <laughs> How does one discover all of a sudden that you've been blocked by someone you'd never even realized you had ever communicated with? It's a great question. And uh, so it was like I was watching games last night, as I often do, and somebody, you know, tweeted something into my timeline that I couldn't see. It was like, you, you know, right. the, you, this content is unavailable. And I, I tried to click through to why, and it said because uh, this account <laughs> has you blocked. I was like, hang on, I don't think I've ever talked to that person. And my favorite thing about it was I said, like, that's kind of weird. Like, I, have ne- I don't, it's not like I had a problem with this person, and they were like, forget this guy. Uh, and then so, uh, a, a kindly reader replied, oh, it's probably just that he finds you annoying. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. That, is that, does, that does explain a lot. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, we find you charming, Dan. So thank you for, thank you for <laughs> so being you, back. You're the ones. All right, fair enough. So um, uh, let's start with the last play, uh, the Jordan Poole <laughs> layup. What went wrong there in your analysis for the Memphis uh, Grizzlies? I think step one is uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. fouled out yeah. in 28 minutes, and uh, he would be a pretty good guy to have around in that situation. Um, I think part of it is it's you know, hard to say without knowing exactly what the, the coaching staff sort of called for, as the coverage there, but you know you've got John Morant, you know, ignoring Dante DiVincenzo as the inbounder, which you know, understandably, you know, sometimes you just say you know you just want to try to face guard kind of whoever's coming at you, especially when that is Clay Thompson, who is you know a uh, an emergency every time you, he's running off the screen off the ball. But then you don't see where Dante DiVincenzo's eyes are looking, and that he sees somebody in the paint. Um, I'm not entirely sure what Brandon Clark's responsibility was in that play. I know he was guarding Draymond, and Draymond is out. You know, kind of elbow extended to set an off-ball screen for Clay to curl around. But Brandon Clark just kind of stays still. He doesn't really go anywhere. And and if you're you have to have a low man on that play to protect the rim, you can, you'd probably rather have Brandon Clark there than Ja. Um, and then so then Ja, you know, understandably he sees Clay Thompson curling around the screen, coming right to the ball, and says like I, he only needs you know two tenths of a second maybe to get the shot up if he gets it. So I kind of want to deny the ball. But I think three sets of eyes are paying attention to Clay, and not one of them was paying attention to Jordan Poole. 
and when that happens, you can give up a layup. Uh, and unfortunately, the, it's a, my, I'm not sure who, who it all falls on, but kind of everything went wrong at exactly the wrong time. So what are we to think? Um, Grizzlies fans were understandably giddy during the 11-game win streak, and now uh, uh, more, I don't know if alarm is right. You know, like people, teams win games and team loses games. But um, it does appear that there are some clear weaknesses for this team. And fundamentally, um, wing depth is one. Foul shooting is another, but you really can't do anything at this stage about the foul shooting. What, what, what's your uh, assessment of the Grizzlies, and has it changed over the last week? I mean, I think it's a, this is a particularly tough version of it. Like, it's a West Coast road trip where you've got teams that are starting to get healthy and have been playing pretty good basketball uh, broadly, and you just lost your starting center uh, in the middle of it, right? So it's I think you're, you're probably not as good as you were during an 11-game win streak because nobody wins every game for an extended period of time, and you're probably not as bad as you are uh, when you, you know, get, are going through a, a rough patch in a four-game road trip uh, against some pretty good teams. You know, it, it, there, there was a time where you would look at it and say, like, well, Phoenix has nobody, so they're going to be, uh, you know, that's going to be an easy touch, and, uh, the, you know, the Kings are in also, but, like, that's not the case now. It, it's, it, there, there really are no, uh, no easy nights when you're dealing with West Coast trips. But I think the, the things that we have, have considered to be true about the Grizzlies, I still think are broadly true. Uh, if, it, if the game winds up being a half-court execution fest, um, that's not the Grizzlies' best attribute offensively, and they can struggle. You know, they are, they've kind of their ceiling, given the personnel and sort of the structure of their shooting and everything else, as you mentioned, the, the lack of wing depth there is probably about like an average half-court offense. Um, and then you need to make up the rest of it with the things that the Grizzlies have been elite at the last couple of years, which is offensive rebounding and uh, transition play. And if you don't have Steven Adams, it takes a giant piece of your offensive rebounding off the board, and there's really nobody else that can kind of replace that. Uh, it also really significantly impacts you on the defensive glass, as we've seen. Like, Jaron at the five, for all the wonderful things he can do defensively, has, just has not throughout his career been a defensive rebounding anchor. And that's, you know, not necessarily saying that you, you would need to expect him to be, especially how much you want him doing the other things he does, uh, defending all over the half court and being able to switch out and uh, you know, uh, eat up space and all those things. But then it removes uh, an important part of what sort of made you stabilized on defense. So you still kind of have the, the, those same issues. And, and Bain is, I mean, if Bain's missing free throws, you're kind of in, you know, there's not really much you can do, right? That, that, right. That's the guy who you expect to hit all of those or as many of them as possible. And if Bain's not making threes, then that's that, you know, that's a, a, a challenge that the roster just simply isn't crafted to withstand. Um, I think that the, the fundamentals of the way the things are built still mean you're going to win an awful lot more than you lose. But when those things don't go away or, you know, when you have a stool with uh, three legs, you take one of them off, it starts to wobble. And, you know, Adams, it's, it's, it's quietly a really important piece for them. Three to five weeks with the PCL spring, we'll see where it goes from there. But in the interim, um, you have to sort of reorganize the way that you play and against good teams. And, you know, when you're not at your, at your peak, that can leave you pretty vulnerable. It's interesting. We sort of get a little spoiled here. I think heading into this year, it's easy to forget that most of the Cognoscenti thought, yeah, Grizzlies are a good team, but last year they got lucky uh, because the West was so watered down. They stayed fundamentally healthy. 
and so they were really good, but they're going to probably take a step back. I don't know that most. I, I don't know where you were. Where and, and plus, Jaron was hurt coming into this into the regular season. So there are all the questions about Jaron, which Jaron has really answered resoundingly. Where were you when the on the Grizzlies when the season began? Do you recall? Yeah, no. I think I was I was really concerned about what Jaron's injury would do to them because I figured um, the, the all of the the lineup information each had suggested that even when Jaron wasn't shooting the ball particularly well his presence on offense just unlocked so much. Like, it created additional space for Ja to have a, uh, a floor-stretching threat at the four um, as opposed to, to, you know, just being able to – you know, Brandon Clark is fantastic, but no one's worried about him outside the elbows. So then right. you can pack the paint even more, load up the box, and it makes it tougher for Ja to get to the rim. So, I, you know, that was something I was concerned about. And then obviously also uh, – there were there, the the especially when the indication was we're going to play Santi Santi Aldama at four as opposed to Brandon Clark. I was like, well, you know, what does that provide for you? Does that replicate the shooting? But then what or are you giving back on defense and stuff like that? So I was concerned. Like, all right, if he's out for twenty games and they just don't look like themselves, you can't get that far behind the eight ball in this West. Um, but I think you're absolutely right to point to the other, you know, the glass half full point of that was like, well, they kind of never had their full team last year. Like, I don't know, I mean, maybe not even like a possession during the regular season, that starting five together. And if you get a full healthy season of Dylan Brooks with a, you know, a continued improvements from those core, other core three guys, like, then you've got a recipe for some really significant success, which is what we saw during you know, the winning streak, you know, some of that without Bain, but, or with Bain working his way back. But, you know, we have seen in glimpses, uh, what I think a lot of people anticipated would be an extremely good team. But, yeah, I mean, winning 56 games is really hard, and doing it twice is really hard, especially when you were looking at, like, well, the Clippers are going to be healthier, and this team is, you know, is going to be healthier, and blah, 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 blah. It was like, well, it makes a little more sense to expect some regression. Uh, I think the thing that, that maybe the last two streaks we've been talking about might indicate is, like, progress isn't always linear and things don't always sort of follow a clean path. Maybe they, you know, if, if this was like they won five straight, lost two, won uh, three, lost one, you know, like if right. it was like a little bit more broken up that way, we might feel a little bit more like, you know, this is like a, you know, a team that's going to win like 62% of its games and is still really good. But when you go from like the, uh, the rising fall to the, the you know, the, the denouement of four straight losses like this, um, it feels a little bit more pitched. I think broadly, like I, I, they, if they're not the best team in the West, I think that they're top two, top three, and I would feel pretty good about them, their chances of making a long run even before this, uh, this re- recent lull. Okay, but, but uh, I'm gonna, uh, if I were to ask you what teams in or, well, are, are likely to get to the NBA Finals from the West, mm. where would you put the Grizzlies in your draft order? I'm going to go ahead and take Denver. I'll take Denver first. Would you agree with you? Would you have liked to take Denver first? Yeah, I, I've, I've been pretty high on what they okay. could be, and I think that the fact that they've gone to like they've gotten up to the middle of the pack in defense over the last few weeks is, is encouraging to me. Um, and who's so I, I think that who's second? Who's the next? Who's your next pick? Denver's off the table. Denver's off the table. Um, I think I would I would probably pick Memphis. It's them. It's them to me. Them or Golden State. Even though we haven't seen Golden State looking like Golden State yet uh, for an extended period of time, um, but I think like just the stuff that Memphis does works. And yes, there are there are. 
uh, there are flaws in the foundation to some degree, or flaws in, in the way that it's, it's put together because you, you just don't have everything. And I talked about this, uh, talked about this a little bit before. Like, there's no like the, the KD Warriors era kind of broke our brains a little bit in terms of how we expect a championship team to look. Like, most of the championship teams in history have had some flaw. Like, have had some things that they were not perfect at. And I think the Grizzlies, like their strengths, are strong enough to overcome a lot of that. And I don't think, I mean, generally speaking, I think if you are a you know top five caliber offense and a top five caliber defense, however you arrive at it, you really are a you have a chance. You've got a, you got you should be considered a, a real favorite to uh, be last standing. And you know, I think that, I don't think that there's any other team in the West. People keep saying like you know the Clippers, the Clippers, the Clippers, and I understand on paper, but we need you know, can you show me that for more than like. 10 games in a row, or even, can you, can you even see it for 10 games in a row before I believe it? Like, Kawhi Leonard's losing his mind right now, and I think they're still, like, 5-5 five and five in the last 10. So, like, I, I, in a series, maybe, but I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything from anybody else that would make me think the Grizzlies couldn't survive one of those situations. You know, the Warriors are a miserable matchup for everybody. That's why they're the Warriors, but um, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like your styles make fights, and the Grizzlies' style can make some ones that they can win. Okay, so that being said, how aggressive should the biz- Grizzlies be at, at fixing the obvious hole they have on perimeter depth? I mean, on the one hand, you'd say there's a young team, there's no hurry. On the other team, it's wide open. They have a very clear uh, issue that could be addressed, maybe by Danny Green, but let's be honest, probably not fully by Danny Green, even healthy Danny Green. How aggressive should they be at the trade deadline? I, I mean, I know it is not necessarily their, uh, the, you know, their modus operandi, but I think, I think aggressive. I think really aggressive. I think when you are at a point where you are a, you know, one of the, in my view, like a clear top five team in the league, and, uh, you know, I, I, again, I think, I don't think I see anybody in the West beyond, uh, you know, perhaps Denver that I would say, like, I, 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 you know, I would be really concerned to pick them in a series. If that's the case, then, like, you are far closer to winning it all than you are to not. And opportunities like that don't come around super often, especially at a time when there's no other, like, you know, 800-pound gorilla that you got to worry about getting stomped by. So, to, and, and especially at a time where you have stockpiled additional picks, where you have movable salary, uh, all, all those sorts of things. And so, I mean, I know that a very popular name uh, among Grizzly media people and among fans and, uh, you know, now in the broader discourse is O.G. Ananobi uh, from Toronto. And, man, does that feel like it would be an awfully neat fit. <laughs> uh, now, not exactly like the three-plus uh, D guy, like the three-point shot comes and goes a little bit, but... Man, it feels like that would be a nice addition there. Um, you know, getting to the number without, uh, you know, subtracting significantly from your, your present and future might be a little bit tricky, but uh, it's, it's not, not the same as, like, you'd have to throw all of your high-priced young guys for Kevin Durant or something like that, right? The, the price tag in terms of salary outgoing is lower, and you have the draft picks there. You also have, like, consistently more good young players than you can roster, uh, given the way the Grizzlies draft and develop, which is one of those nice problems to have. So if it was me, uh, I think I would be willing to put a bunch of chips on the table if I saw a real chance at something of that, on that order. Um, because I think, you know, tomorrow's not promised to anybody. Today isn't even promised. And, you know, you got to sort of get good while the get, you know, strike while the iron is hot and, you know, make hay while the sun's out, all that kind of stuff. So 
to me, that's, that's how I operate. Zach Kleiman obviously has earned the benefit of the doubt, and that front office has earned the benefit of the doubt, given the way they've constructed this roster and the way they've stacked contracts and brought in additional assets, all that sort of stuff. But yet, yeah, to me, I think like, just because you might be good enough to win it all now doesn't mean you shouldn't make the right kind of deal if the right kind of deal is there to make. If OG is either not available or, let's say, New Orleans, which has really more assets than the Grizzlies even, endless mm-hmm. amount of assets, uh, outbids right. you for him. Does Malik Beasley do it for you? Malik Beasley, I mean, a very different kind of player, but if you're, if you're talking about the, one of the big issues that the Grizzlies have is shooting. just like shooting another guy who can shoot and another guy who can, you know, it's funny, you know, we start this conversation talking about the way the Grizzlies defense reacted to Klay Thompson moving off the ball. Um, outside of that Desmond Bain, the Grizzlies don't have a guy like that, where a defense has to pay attention to where they go all over the floor. Obviously, Malik Beasley Beasley is not on that order of a shooter, but he's pretty darn good, and the kind of guy you've got to pay attention to when he's moving and who moves around to force you to pay attention. Uh, And the price tag, obviously, would be significantly lower. Um, I I mean, I think it would be worth a shot, worth a flyer there. Um, I don't know that that's dramatically changing your standing as a franchise, but I think it would help, and I think you know you could turn some of those minutes into somebody that you feel like has a better shot of contributing in the playoffs. Like it's worth it. If, you, if if we're talking about like a percentage point or a half a percentage point, where they are now in terms of of their their shot at winning it all, I think that half a percentage point could be really really meaningful. You can follow him on Twitter at your man divine. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.